Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth. This blue-chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley. We unpack it in a way that is with the utmost efficiency, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. We have an action-packed show for you today, and we're going to be moving seamlessly from topic to topic at the speed of sound. And we do have uh, the unadorned truth coming at you in rapid succession. So hopefully you guys can all keep up. Everybody can keep up with us today. We appreciate everybody tuning in in Southeast Pennsylvania that does listen to us and that tunes into our podcast as well and listens to us live. We appreciate it that we are being trusted by you as the guideposts for all truth seekers and where they turn for an explanation to the unexplainable. Well, today I want to get into a little bit on uh, what Trump fever is, and I think we're seeing some of this uh, in the media, but I would also tell you it's in the news, but it's out there in the, uh, it's out there in the street every day. The enthusiasm level for Trump is more than double that of the enthusiasm level for Biden, and, and we, we experienced this firsthand. When we were doing some of the, our, some, the Berks County Republican Committee was doing some roadside sign-up events. We had people pulling in to, uh, to get information on the Berks County Republican Committee as well as get information on our president. And we were using the Trump signs, holding them up, saying, come get your free Trump yard sign. And we had people pulling in at one per minute on a busy road in Berks County recently and Earlier, a few days prior to that, we were at a, uh, uh, another event, and we had people lining up to see us almost two every minute. Folks, the enthusiasm level is real, and I would tell you, folks, Trump fever is real. Catch it. The Fox News poll and the ABC News poll that just, have, that just came out show the imbalance of the polling metrics. Fox News polled 49% Dems and 42% Republican and 9% Independent. It was interesting a few days ago, or I remember it was yesterday morning, on Fox and Friends, Brian Kilme got a little offended because a Trump campaign person was chatting about the Fox News poll, but he was basically alluding to all the polls as being fake polls. Well, because Fox News was one of those recent polls, Kilme, I guess, got a little upset about it and... Uh, he says, I know these people, they're, they're good people. And as the person that was being interviewed made the comment, I can't think of his name, but he made the comment, he said, well, the, the, uh, the proof of a poll being worthwhile is the poll being accurate. Of course, kill me, you know, kind of stuffed that off on the side. But what, what didn't come out, now the guy did say that they oversampled Democrats. Well, I guess Kilmeade missed that part of the metric. 49% Democrats... 42% Republicans is a lopsided poll. There's a reason Fox News polls have been wrong since 1998. Okay, 1998. Fox News has been putting out polls. They were doing them a while ago with opinion dynamics. They're not doing that anymore. But they've never had a poll right. I, know, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But anyway, I've never seen Fox News polls being right. And obviously this one's wrong as well. ABC News also polled. 42% Democrats and 34% independents. Well, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out that leaves only 24% left over for Republicans. So, gee, I wonder why the ABC News poll was slanted. 
folks, is as I stated, go, this is going to be a turnout election. And Republicans have Trump fever. They've all caught it. And they're going to come out and vote. The U.S. has about 91 million registered Republicans and about 99 million registered Democrats and about 46 or so million registered independents. Here in Pennsylvania, we have six and a half million voters. Okay, we have uh, yeah, about six and a half million voters, of which Republicans would be about 2.6 million, and the Democrats would be about 2.9 million, and the independents are just a little under 1 million. Folks, with a 75% turnout with Republicans, that's one, that's almost 2 million Republican voters, okay? And when 90% of that goes to Trump, Trump's starting off with about 1.8 million votes, right off the top. With a 70, uh, 70% turnout for Democrats, that's about 2,044,000 2, 2, votes. And with about 85 or so percent going to Biden, that's about 1.737 million. So the Republicans put Trump slightly ahead by just under 20,000 votes when the dust settles. But you can't stop counting there, obviously. All the votes have to be counted. So if you just take the idea that about 7 or 8 percent, maybe 10 percent of Republicans vote for Biden and about 15 percent or so, 12 percent of the Democrats vote for Trump, well, then you're looking at Trump leading before, again, leading by about 100,000, just before we count the independents. Now, keep in mind on the independents, about a 60% turnout's likely. Let's just say for grins and giggles, that's 600,000 votes. We know about 15% of those are going to vote for the third-party candidate. That leaves, oh, about, you know... 480,000 or so votes left over. And with Trump, I mean, Trump, even with a 50-50 split, Trump wins, but obviously, but but even if Biden gets 53 or 54% of those independents, it's not likely enough to flip the vote. He's only going to gain about 30 or 40,000. So with Trump being comfortably ahead going into that, it looks like Trump wins again comfortably. Uh, well, he wins again by about, about 100,000 votes, maybe a little less than that. This is going to be a turnout election vote and because, folks, law and order will be on the ballot. Democrats are going to have a clear choice whether or not they want to support for their socialist agenda or they want to vote for Donald Trump and better jobs in America first. Independents are going to have a clear choice as well. But Republicans are motivated for Trump. Make no mistake about it, if the Republican voters stick together, which they likely will, Trump wins this election, and many of the down-ballot candidates will win as well. And um, I, I just don't want to understate that. Now, just going back to my percentages, I stated about a 75% turnout with Republicans and about a 70% turnout with Democrats in my example that I explained. Just so you're clear, folks, there was a 77% turnout for Republicans in 2016. They outnumbered the Democrats and the Republicans won the election. Since the election in 2016, the Republicans added another 164,000 registered voters and the Democrats only added 25,000 new registered voters. 
So since the election of 2016, the Republicans have outnumbered the Democrats by 138,000. But folks, you're not going to get that listening to the Pravda fake news phony media. You're not going to get that. Because the the, the Pravda propaganda machine is out there trying to create a horse race. They're trying to create this, this horse race. But law and order, folks, is going to be on the ballot. And as I said, a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for the crime wave. And people are going to get that distinction. They're going to get that distinction. Rest assured, they're going to get it. Law and order, safety and security, and peace and prosperity is all going to be on the ballot. And Joe Biden is not going to be part of that. He will ensure that crime goes into the suburbs, folks. And that's what he's looking to do. He cannot and will not stand up to these anarchists. He won't. We're watching a surge in violence in our cities and, yes, in the suburbs. We're watching the lawlessness mob and the Democrats seemingly supporting this. I, you know, I don't want to miss that. I mean, we hear it now with the defund the police and the Democrats and the anarchists. I mean, that's what this is all about. we got the anarchists wanting to defund the police and the Democrats are counting votes, and they think they have enough votes to win elections because the anarchists are going to support them. So Joe Biden is not going to stand up to these anarchists. I mean, they're not going to do it. Trump is now sending in federal agents into these cities, and I think it's brilliant because what Trump is doing is is he's sending these federal agents into these cities like Portland and Chicago, and I'm not sure legally he can do that. I'm not sure, but that's okay. If they request him, obviously, if if the mayors request it, he can. But if the mayors don't and he forces them in there, then the mayors have to cast them out. The mayors actually have to take a stand against the federal authorities that are coming in. I.e., let me let me break that down and unpack that in a very delicious way here. Politically, the mayors of these cities would have to say no to law and order and yes to lawlessness to throw away, to throw out the federal authorities and to allow the crime wave to continue in their cities. So this is the brilliant three-tiered chess match that Trump is playing, and the Democrats and these mayors, well, they're just playing dominoes. They're not playing the same game. And Trump is outmaneuvering them, and he's running orbits around them. I mean, it's unbelievable that he is eclipsing them in ability, and, and he is. He's forcing these Democrat mayors to say no to law and order and yes to lawlessness by telling the federal authorities to get to get the federal officials out of these cities. So, in essence, I don't see that happening. <laughs> but I did see in Portland, and I want to share this with our listeners for those who, again, are, are wanting to, to, to get this unpacked perfectly. Again, because we do expose the media malpractice here. We do. And the way we do it is because we report things that the media, the the, prov, the propaganda media, doesn't. So you're only going to get this here on this show. Likely, you're not going to get this in very many other sources. So we will expose the media malpractice because we are the guideposts for all truth seekers. So what I'm telling you here is we're seeing that these mayors in these cities, the Portland mayor, the Portland mayor, was standing in front of the anarchists with his blowhorn. And he was talking and declaring that he is going to ask the federal authorities 
to be removed. He's he was denouncing the law and order, and he was basically siding with the anarchists. You'd say, "Whoa, my that's horrible." Well, yeah, it's horrible. But what's delicious about all of this is the anarchists were rejecting the mayor of Portland. They were actually calling for his removal, his re his resignation. As a matter of fact, if you look, and I did see, they actually had it posted on a wall. I believe there were five or six points that the anarchists wanted in Portland to settle the peace, if you will. And the resignation of the mayor was, I believe, number three or number four. So here's a guy that the anarchists wanted to resign because they don't they don't like the fact that he's, I guess, I, I don't know what they don't like about him, whatever. But here's a guy that they wanted, basically, that this, this, this mayor is out here in front of these anarchists trying to throw his support to them, and they're telling him to resign. I think that's, a, that's an, amazing, an amazing point that I don't want our listeners to miss. And you're only going to get that here on, on the point, okay? And as I said, uh, we are the oasis of truth for Southeast Pennsylvania, folks. You didn't hear that anywhere else. You heard it right here, and I'm telling you it happened. And that is something I don't want our listeners to miss. So Trump's sending in these these federal officers, and what we're seeing now is we're seeing the the mayor is not knowing what to do. And and I think Trump's approval. I think I've seen this. I've seen a tracking poll that I've been watching on Rasmussen. Rasmussen, by the way, folks, is the only poll that actually got the, the national vote percentage correct in 2016. Now, it did not predict the Trump victory on the electoral side. I don't think any poll did, okay? No, I don't think any poll did. I mean, I, none of them, but that I saw. But, but it did predict the popular vote, and I thought that was interesting. Well, this tracking poll that I'm alluding to <clears throat> is basically comparing Trump's day-to-day-to-day approval numbers going through the summer and into the election season, the fall of his election year in 2020 compared to Barack Hussein Obama's in his election year of 2012. So, for instance, uh, on, you know, uh, yesterday, which was July 24th, <clears throat> you're going to see uh, Trump's approval numbers were at 49 percent and uh, they were the same on the 23rd. His approvals were running at 49 percent. And Barack Hussein Obama's approvals on July 23rd and July 24th of 2012 were running about 47%. So again, I'm just watching these tracking polls because it does give me a, an understanding of where Trump is uh, compared to where Barack Hussein Obama was in 2012. Because um, I believe that Willard Romney was a better candidate, a better opponent for Barack Hussein Obama than Joe Biden will be for Donald Trump. So I believe even though Willard Romney was <clears throat> manhandled in the election in 2012, he lost handily. Uh, I believe it's more indicative of what we're going to expect to see with Joe, with Joe Biden. You know, make China great again, Joe Biden. Anyway, I wanted to share that with everybody. And I thought it was really interesting on that with the, uh, with the, with the uh, federal authorities going into the cities. And I wanted to share that with everybody. I do want to talk a little bit about what's going on with U.S.-China relations and what we're seeing right now. And <clears throat> what we're seeing right now is Trump basically uh, standing up to China in a way that Joe Biden and make China great again Joe Biden will never do. 
okay? I think uh, during a speech, I think was it a couple of weeks ago, I, it, Chris, uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray, well, he warned that China's counterintelligence and economic espionage was the greatest long-term threat to our country and to our economic vitality. He went on to say that China was engaging in a whole-of-state effort to become the world's only superpower by any means necessary. Now, that's what Christopher Ray said a few weeks ago, and basically he called it out the greatest long-term threat to our nation's information and intellectual property, to our economic vitality. And, you know, he said their counterintelligence and economic espionage I mean, it was a real threat coming out of China. It's a threat to our economic security and by extension to our national security because every nation's economy is supported. It supports their military. So by the strength of your economy, you will then have a stronger military. But anyway, I thought it was interesting on all of that uh, because Christopher Ray said that the people of the United States are victims of what amounts to Chinese theft of, on a scale so massive that it represents one of the largest transfers of wealth in human history. <clears throat> so if, you know, it, it's, if, if you're an American, I mean, it, it, it's, if you're an American adult, it's more than likely that China has gotten your personal data somewhere. Now, that was a very sobering, surreal message out of Christopher Ray <clears throat> as he described what China, basically China having the personal information on American citizens. Folks, I don't want to miss that. I mean, China is a economic superpower and obviously an economic enemy. Joe Biden gave him favored nation status, permanent favored nation status. Joe Biden wants China to be great again. Joe Biden I guess wants China to be successful in their 100-year plan to dominate the world. <clears throat> I mean, here we are in the year of the Chinese year of the rat, and the Chinese released this plague on America during their year of the rat 2020. I believe it's like they're like 90 in in their in their Chinese calendar, this is the year 9460 something or whatever whatever it is. But it's the year of the rat, and they released this plague in their year of the rat because their plan is to take over the world economically and militarily. And to do that, they have to dis they have to diminish the economies of the world, <clears throat> so they won't have the money to sustain their militaries. And because Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama gave them most favored nation status, they won't ever have to worry about any of the economic treaties that the Democrats try to get us into, like the Paris Accord and others, because those economic treaties will always put dampers on our economy. They will always prevent us from excelling fast, like the speed of light in, in the economic stance, because what it does is they, they create regulations that we have to get through regulations and obstacles and difficulties that our economy has to muscle through while the Chinese economy doesn't have to get through. The Chinese will never be held to standards that we are 
economically. And because of that, their economy will always, under the Barack Hussein Obama and Joe, the Make China Great Again Joe Biden, the Chinese economy will thrive at a faster clip and grow at a faster clip than will the U.S. economy under their rules. Because they're more interested in a stronger China. And like I said, this COVID-19 virus came out of the Hubei province, the city of Wuhan, at the Viral Institute there, and the virology lab. And I want to point that out because now we're, we understand that this virus, as I was stating, as you were hearing right here on the point, you were hearing here on the point uh, back in April that this that this virus, if you will, was man-made. It was man-made. I'm trying to get to this. I want. I want to. I want to shift on this seamlessly for you, folks. But I'm, I want to make sure we're clear on this. This virus was manufactured. It was created in a in a in a, in a laboratory, and it was set up to have a survival rate unlike other viruses. So there's like a layer of fat, if you will, that makes it survive longer outside the body than normal viruses. This was no doubt created in a lab, and it was deliberately seeded around the world in the Chinese New Year, the year of the rat. And it went out, uh, they have a huge celebration, the city of Wuhan, and hundreds of thousands of people around the world visited Wuhan, contracted the virus, and then went back to their countries and seeded us everywhere. And the Chinese are on record, and we have a timetable on this, where the Chinese were successfully lying to the American public and the world about this virus being transferable from person to person. And they didn't come clean on this until three days after the year of the Rat New Year celebration. The celebration in January ended. Then three days later, they came clean with it and said, oh, by the way, it is in fact transferable. I mean, folks, this happened. This happened, and, and, and obviously this is what's going on. So what did Trump do? And I think what's really interesting is what we just saw this week. Okay, Trump closed the consulate, okay, in Houston. Or he gave direction and ordered them to be closed. What I thought was interesting was a fire took off in that consulate. The Chinese were burning documents hand, at a rapid clip. The Chinese are trying to destroy all documents. But I thought what was interesting was they wouldn't let the fire department into the consulate. They'll put the fire out in Houston. The Chinese kept them out. Now, China's now closing a consulate in Chengdu. Uh, I mean, Trump already said he's not going to open up the one again in Hubei province. So this is the second one the Chinese are closing. But again, I think the Chinese had a 100-year war, and Joe Biden kind of like seemed to be supporting it. You know, I had a conversation with a uh, a Democrat when we were handing out our Trump signs at the roadside events. And we were, you know, handing out our roadside event signs and had all these Trump fans coming in, all these people coming in at a rapid clip. I mean, one per minute, one every 45 seconds. I mean, it was just an amazing thing. And of course, you're engaging them in conversation. Well, this one guy gets me in a conversation. And he starts denouncing Trump signs. He said, my goodness, the Trump signs are, you know, if, if, if I, you give me a Trump sign, I'd have to burn it or something stupid, he said. It was ridiculous. I said, oh, I said, so you're supporting the Make China Great Again Democrats 
and the globalists and, of course, to make China great again and everybody else great again, Joe Biden. And he didn't know what to say to that, because quite frankly, the policies of Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden for eight years was to empower China and embolden China and strengthen China and allow China's economy to expand at a monstrous clip more than any other economy on the planet. And Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden were allying with some other globalists in the EU, and they too were allowing themselves to be saddled with these un- these incredible, these incredible Green New Deal type regulations on their energy policy, as well as their manufacturing and their economic output. This is what they call the Paris Accord, folks. And this is what Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden wanted to get us into. The Paris Accord. Well, Trump got out of it. The Paris Accord, just to sum it up again, a one-page a one-page little summary of this, a one-pager, if you will, but a very distinct breakdown of this. The Paris Accord would have it would have saddled the economies of all the European countries, as well as the United States and a lot of the major Western powers, it would have saddled those economies with unbelievable regulations and difficulties, extremely expensive, uh, you know, changes and whatnot would have to take place, but very costly. Uh, it would be very costly for those economies to produce anything. And so the investors of whatever products are being made and whatever else would say, we can't produce it here and be competitive. So what do we do? Let's go to China. Because after all, China doesn't, they don't have to adhere. They got the most favored nation trade status. So quite frankly, the most nation, the most favored nation status will allow them to not have to adhere to those policies. Therefore, we won't have to incur the same costs if we set up shop in China. Folks, this, is, this, this was happening throughout eight years of Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden's leadership there for eight years. They made sure that China was more competitive and cheaper to do business in than was the United States. And, of course, the European leaders fell in because they sold their own countries down the river because of whatever. They, they believe this, this Green New Deal, they believe we're ruining our planet. They believe that we're, we're tossing our our air into a, a trash machine and we're basically going to sacrifice our children's health and our own health for our economies. But what everyone, including the Prob the Propaganda Networks, overlook is that, well, if that be true, then why are they allowing China and India and Russia to not adhere to these plans? Why are they allowing countries to not adhere to it? Why are they forcing us to adhere to regulations and restrictions that they're not forcing other countries to adhere to? Why? You know, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if the planet is dying because of, these, because of the, the fossil fuels, then why are they letting these countries get away with it? Because they know that the planet is not dying, perhaps. And well, you, you, might, you might say, well, Clay, that's ridiculous. They must, they must believe it. Why would they be so... Why would they be so, you know, crazy excited about this all the time? Why would they be so insane about this if they didn't believe it themselves? Well, the evidence of what I'm telling you, folks, is look to see where these leaders are buying real estate, why they're, where they're buying houses, where they're living. Barack Hussein Obama just bought 
about a $30 million mansion on Martha's Vineyard. If he believed the ocean levels were rising, he would not have bought real estate there, folks. As a matter of fact, all of these people that are at the head of the climate change industry, the evidence that they don't believe what they're pushing on us and on American industries and on Western industries, the evidence is that they were all making investments in real estate and other assets, if you will, that would that would have been affected had had the doom and gloom that they were promoting been real. So don't don't believe it. It's a Coney Island shell game. They just wanted to make China great again. And for whatever nefarious reason, I can't understand. I don't know. But their policies were unbelievably harmful to the United States. Well, Trump is now standing up to China, something that these people never did. I mean, Trump is giving these people a broad, he's giving a broad examination of how we deal with China. I mean, just look at the Chinese apps on U.S. cell phones. Okay? I mean, Americans should not have Chinese apps on their cell phones, unless, of course, you want all your information in the hands of the communist, the Chinese Communist Party. I would not, as, uh, as Pompeo said, I, I would not allow apps to be on your phone. Look, the Chinese government's using TikTok, which is another phone app, to spy on Americans. Now, TikTok, of course, they, they claim they never, they don't, they haven't given the Chinese Communist Party information on the users of the app, but it's a Chinese company. Okay? Don't miss that, folks. Don't believe it. Like I said, they're closing the consulates, and I think, you know, you, you have to understand that, that, their goal is to, like I said, to to make this, is to have a global control of this planet. I mean, look what they're doing in the South China Sea, the South China Sea with those man-made islands. Now, I remember back in 2010, 2012, when they were making these islands, they started doing it. I was thinking, why are they doing that? I thought they were making bases they could float around. I, I didn't know what they were doing. Well, what they're doing is they're changing the boundary of their country. So they could rechange the boundary of international waters. They want the international waters of Chinese property, if you will, to be on the other side of some of these islands in the South China Sea, so they can now claim those islands as part of their territory. It's really, it's really something the way they thought this through. And Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama let them get through. They let them get away with that. So here we had the Chinese for eight years stealing our intellectual property and for all intents and purposes spying on this country, okay? And, you know, I mean, and spying on Americans. We had, the, and, 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 and Joe Biden and, and Barack Hussein Obama allowed this country to set up islands in the South China Sea, islands that would change their, their geographic boundaries that would allow them the ability to say now these islands now fall in our realm and they're, this is now international waters over here. If you're looking at a globe, you can see it. And you can understand how they're looking to do this. It's unbelievable. Well, now we know that some of these uh, these islands are sinking. I think that's kind of delicious. <laughs> okay. Those islands are now sinking. But, but even let's look at what's going on in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Let's, let's shift gears and do this here. Talk about Hong Kong. 
The Chinese officials just enacted sweeping takeover powers of private property rights, individual freedoms, Hong Kong's autonomy and private information rights. All of it's going away. All of it's going away. Now we now Trump has dispatched two aircraft carrier groups on naval operations. He's he's dispatched those aircraft carrier groups to the South China Sea. But <clears throat> China is basically changing Hong Kong. Okay, they're they're taking over all those private property rights and individual freedoms and uh, private information autonomy. All of that's now gone. So all these industries and businesses and investments. I mean, Hong Kong used to be, they used to be a competitor of the United States. Now they're not. A lot of the a lot of the investments that were in Hong Kong will be seeking other places to to invest their money. And Trump wants Trump wants it right here in this country. I mean, that's what he wants. So Trump signed an executive order, basically to hold China accountable. Okay, for their taking over the freedoms of Hong Kong, and it's called the Hong Kong Autonomy Act. And, you know, I mean, and and part, you know, I mean, it's just important that Trump did this. I mean, Hong Kong, I mean, part of the act is that they will no longer, that China will no longer have preferential treatment. I think that's a very, that's a very distinct thing here. Look, you're wondering why China went after us with this virus, if you will. They allowed this to happen. It's because they're trying to, they're trying to throw the election. I mean, Trump is after their preferential treatment. He wants to get rid of it. And China wants preferential treatment. They want favored nation status. They want this. China wants this badly. Okay, because it helps them and it hurts us. And Joe Biden's entire career, Joe Biden's entire career, has been one continuous gift to the Chinese Communist Party. Joe Biden's entire career has been nothing but a gift to the Chinese Communist Party for 47 years. And I don't want to miss that, folks. I don't want our listeners to miss that. Because it's real, it's true, and I'll tell you, Trump is addressing this. You know, and in, 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 in all reality, if you look at what's going on right now with the uh, with the Democrats and make China great again, Joe Biden and the globalist Democrats, if you will. And China is they want this lawlessness to continue. OK, now, what's interesting is what's interesting is now, you know, we talked a little bit about. About these Democrat mayors and, and how they're basically uh in a, in a spot now, thanks to Trump and his and his thinking, his fast thinking, if you will, because he's dispatched federal officers into their cities. But they're, the rhetoric that we're hearing from the Democrats, what has come out of the Democrat debates when they were having debates, you know, back in November and December and uh, in October, November and December and January and February and March, when they were having these debates, what was coming out of these debates? And also, what has come out now, new, what's new that's come out from the socialist left? Well, what's been coming out of the debates was basically the call to to defund ICE, eliminate ICE. Remember that? We all remember that. I mean, they, they want unlimited 
immigration. They don't want to call it illegal anymore because they don't want closed borders. They want open borders. They want sanctuary cities. This was all in the debates, sir. This is all in the debates, folks. Make no mistake about it. All this was in the debates. They talked over and over and over and mentioned over and over and over about how they wanted to rewrite the Constitution, change the Constitution, eliminate the Electoral College and stack the Supreme Court. They talked about our Second Amendment rights and they wanted to get rid of that. All of this was in the debates. Now what they're doing as of recently, okay, is they want to eliminate game databases. They want to eliminate that. Why in the world would they want to eliminate game databases? That's database, that's information in databases on known gang members. Why would they want to get rid of that? Well, because they're, they're the party of lawlessness. That's why. They want to eliminate qualified immunity for police officers. Why would they want to do that? Because the party of lawlessness wants to weaken and eliminate the police. After all, they're saying they want to defund the police. Well, one of the ways to defund the police is to get rid of qualified immunity and make it so that nobody would ever want to be a police officer because the risk is too high. They want to eliminate disorder crimes. Now, disorder crimes like prostitution, drug use, uh, you know, public urination, uh, uh, disorderly conduct, uh, shoplifting, you know, under like, $2,000 or something, some unusual amount. Those are all disorder crimes. So what they want to do is they want to they want to eliminate the disorder crimes. In other words, they don't want to make those criminal offenses anymore. But how about this, Butte? They want to eliminate cash bails. Now, what's so significant about that? You remember the peaceful protest that was in Brooklyn, I think, about a week and a half ago, where the police officer was being on videotape, being beaten in the head, with a stick, a stick from an anarchist. He had a long stick or a cane or whatever it was. It was like three feet long, and he was hitting him in the head with it. He mashed the guy, mashed the police officer in the head with it. Well, they caught that guy. Police officer suffered some stitches in his head, and obviously a mild concussion, likely. Well, they caught the they caught the offender, and because the mayor of New York had already, about three months ago, eliminated cash bails. He'd already done that. The guy that was arrested for hitting the police officer over the head with a stick, repeatedly, okay, is now on the street in New York. He was let out of jail because there were no, there's no bail requirement anymore. By eliminating cash bails, they're basically saying that if you're arrested for something, for, for, for some certain crimes, that you, you don't have a bail requirement. They just let you out on your own recognizance. And because this guy's so trustworthy, and because this guy was just so trustworthy and such a great, honored citizen, a respected citizen, they feel as though he'll show up for his court hearing. Now, is this, is this do they expect you and I are here in Southeast Pennsylvania, do they expect us to believe that? Do they expect us to see this 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 anarchist who was assaulting this police officer with a stick, beating him over the head. Do 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 they do these Marxists? Do they believe that we would see these anarchists as well trustworthy to 
to basically go to court on their court date based on their own recognizance. That's what bails are for, folks. Bails, what bail does is bail makes it so that if a criminal doesn't show up for the court hearing, the bail then becomes the property of the state. Without a bail, there's no, well, there, there's no real, there's no risk. So if a criminal says, I don't want to show up to court, well, there's nothing there. In other words, no one's house was put up for bail. No one's personal property was put up for bail. Because there's no money on the line, <clears throat> there's no loss to be suffered by someone who put the money on the line for this person to skip town and not show up for his court hearing. The bail ensures the the bail ensures that the criminal shows up for the court hearing because the people that put the bail up for the criminal are vouching for that criminal, saying this criminal will show up for their court hearing, or this suspected criminal, I should say. I should say suspected criminal. This suspected criminal will show up for their court hearing because, after all, there's a cash bail to prevent that, that, that someone is put up by someone close to that person or even maybe by that person themselves something of worth and value that would, well, that would be lost if they didn't show up for their court hearing. So the vouching of someone's trustworthiness is they're putting up the bail for someone who basically wants to get out of jail, who was arrested, a suspect of a crime who was, who was arrested. By eliminating the cash bails, they're basically making it possible for these people to not have any, any risk at all. There, there, there's nothing, there's nothing hanging over their heads for them to not show up. So anyway, that's the significance of that. And what just happened, we all just witnessed this, this person who assaulted the police officer that got arrested for assaulting the police officer. He's a suspect and he was arrested. And to be arrested, they had to have strong proof. That it was him, like the police officer identifying him, saying, that's the guy that hit me in the head. You know, that type of proof, okay? I mean, eyewitness-type proof, okay, or DNA evidence, some strong proof that was brought forward, strong enough for them to arrest this guy. So they arrest this guy, they bring him in, and because there's no cash bail, this guy gets let out, and that's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the Democrats and Joe Biden, they want lawlessness. And all of what I just described reinforces lawlessness. They reinforce the mob rule. And as I started saying about 15 minutes ago, we're going to see law and order on the ballot this November, folks. We're going to see it. And Americans are not going to vote for lawlessness. They're going to vote for law and order. Americans are not going to cast a vote to eliminate gang databases. They're not going to cast a vote to eliminate qualified immunity for police officers. They're not going to cast a vote. Americans will not cast a vote to, elim to eliminate disorder crimes. Americans will not cast a vote to eliminate cash bails. Americans do not want to defund the police. They don't want to eliminate ICE. The Americans do not want open borders and sanctuary cities. Americans do not want to just willy-nilly rewrite the Constitution Americans do not want to eliminate the Electoral College without a compelling and distinct discussion and debate to be heard first. Of course, there isn't one. Americans certainly don't want to stack the Supreme Court, okay? And Americans do not want to cut away our, our rights, our civil rights at all, and our Second Amendment rights or any of our civil rights. So this is how confident I am that Joe Biden is not going to win 
because they know that Joe Biden is a very, a very willing Trojan horse to usher in socialism. Joe Biden is make China great again, Joe. That's who he is. Make China great again, Joe. And he wants to usher in socialism. Okay? He wants to allow the mass chaos and lawlessness. Okay? So they can suffocate the middle class, keep the jobs out of these cities, keep the jobs out of our suburbs, force people to need the government handouts. That's what they want. They want they want the rich people to cloister their money off. But I think it's very interesting, and I want to make sure we're clear on this, because <laughs> this is distinct, is that what we're going to see a lot of, and I believe we're going to see a lot of, and I think it's important, is we're going to have an attempt, if you will, by the rich people, if, if the socialists ever get charge of Washington, they will then not invest their money. Instead, they will cloister it off basically protect it the best way they can. So the Democrats have a plan for that too. The Democrats have a plan to get at that. Okay, it's called a wealth tax. Okay, a wealth tax, well, a wealth tax is a tax on the wealth of people. So it's not just an income tax, it's also a tax on your on your ownership, on your, you know, it's a tax on your wealth. It's a tax on what you own. So, They'll send assessors to your homes every once in a while. And if, if they're really running these states and these cities for any length of time, like 10 or 20 years, you may have your rights so eroded that you won't even recognize. I mean, when someone knocks on the door and says, I'm a county tax official and I have a right to enter your home, you can't deny me access to your home. I mean, when those rights have all been stripped away because the courts, these activist judges that are appointed by these Democrat activists and these make everyone else great again globalists that want to sink the U.S. economy. When we when these people start appointing judges and allowing judges to be to be in place that are activists to support these activism ideas of these activists. And of course, when the prop to propaganda media fails to do their job by alerting everyone on what's going on, all of this is going to be happening in plain sight. And the, the propaganda, well, they'll be reporting on the sunny day. They'll, re- they'll be reporting on the, you know, on some newfangled story and some on some feel good story somewhere across, you know, in the towns and in the counties, somewhere across the countryside. But they won't be reporting what's happening to your rights. They won't be reporting that. You see, <clears throat> the prop the propaganda will deliberately be keeping from the public that information that the public will need so the public will then understand what's happening to their rights. You know, the rights are taken away by these liberals and these activists. And the media doesn't call them out for it. Don't miss that, folks. So a wealth tax will come in and you'll get the bare bones essentially, get the bare bones information on it like like third page news, back page news stuff, okay? <clears throat> They'll bring this wealth tax in. They'll have all these requirements, but it won't make the headlines. It won't be out there on the, it won't be on the 24/7 news cycle, so you're not going to hear about it every day. Okay? So many people won't even know what it is. And then because the prop the propaganda will be out there not reporting anything, you'll see some new activists come in and promise to make things better for people. 
And then because the media won't call them out on their lies and their ideology or their history or anything, these people get elected. And then these people enact other restricting and uh, laws and regulations, and they strip away more civil rights. And then you've got some activist judges that get into place either by appointment or by election. Again, the media is not reporting any of this activism. And then all of a sudden, your civil rights, you got, you got a tax assessor knocking on your, on your door saying, I have a right to enter your home. Here's a letter from the governor saying, I have a right to enter to, uh, to, uh, to, to basically assess your property and see what a value we can tax. I mean, this can happen, folks. I mean, don't even miss this. And all of this would happen and you wouldn't even know about it because these news agencies aren't acting as news agencies. They're not journalists. They're not journalists. These are the these are the producers and the directors of the movie you're watching every day on the news. These are the producers and the directors. And the politicians are the actors. And the fake experts are the actors. And the and, and, and the script is written. The script and the narrative is written by those that control the prop the propaganda. So that's all you're seeing. That's all you see. <clears throat> the truth doesn't get out. It just doesn't get out. And you end up losing all your rights. They've all been stripped away type thing. And then it happens. And, you know, if you're listening to my voice right now and you're saying, well, Clay, you know, that, that, that just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound right. I want us all to look very carefully at what just happened the last 140 days. We've had our civil rights taken away for the promise of safety from a virus. And we've had our Republican legislatures in Harrisburg, our, our legislators in Harrisburg, challenge this to the activist Supreme Court who backed the activist governor and saying that it's for our own good that our civil rights have been temporarily taken away. Uh, I don't want to miss that, folks. Our own good? Our, I mean, this is what, for the promise of safety, we've had our civil rights taken away. I mean, this is what this is all about, folks. They've ushered in socialism. They're trying to step in socialism. But you're now getting a small taste of what will happen if these, if these people are ever given power by you at the voting booth, given power by you to have authority over them, by them over you. So you're basically electing people to have a power and authority over you. And when you elect people like Tom Wolf and others, they demonstrate their incompetency day in and day out. But they also demonstrate that they don't see your civil rights as absolute. They see your civil rights as being able to be taken away for the promise of safety from a virus. I mean, that's just an amazing thing to me. And this has happened, folks. So if you think what I'm saying to you is not possible, if you don't think it's possible that we could ever elect activist governors, activist state representatives, and here in Pennsylvania, because we do elect judges, activist judges, don't kid yourself. Don't snow yourself out of the truth on that one, folks. 
The truth is, we did. As a state, we did. And the truth of that and the evidence of that is that what we just witnessed the last 140 or 50 days, the stripping away of our civil rights, the forcing of businesses to shut down, go out of business, the, the, the removal of someone's livelihood, okay, for the promise of safety. I mean, quite literally, they, they're, they're telling Pennsylvanians, they're telling people in this state where to go and when they can go and how long they can stay and how many can go and what you can buy and, you know, I mean, this is what it is. I mean, this they're, they're telling Pennsylvanians how to live their lives in some fashion. I mean, you have to wear a mask to go here. You can't go in there. You, you've got people so afraid they don't know what, what ends up. They don't even want to breathe. You've got people convinced that the masks keep them safe. Folks, the masks don't keep anybody safe. But you wouldn't get that listening to the prop the propaganda. No, you wouldn't get that listening to these fake the fake news people either and these fake experts. Folks, the evidence of what I'm telling you is we we've just seen it. And when we had our Republican legislators out there challenging this to the only place they can, which is the state Supreme Court, those activist judges in Harrisburg chose to side with their activist friend the governor. And when the, when the dust settles on all this, folks, and it will settle, Donald Trump will win the election and Tom Wolf will be in for another, oh, another year, 18 months or so, and then we'll have another election, two, two years. And when all this happens, you're going to see the Republicans' legislators put forward changes. As a matter of fact, they have a constitutional amendment out. I believe we're going to be voting on it in November. It's a constitutional amendment that is uh, it restricts the governor going forward to being able to declare a national emergency for only three weeks. After that, they have to get permission from the state legislature to continue. And it spells it out because before it was all implied, it was all written kind of in the fabric of the of the Constitution. But because we've never gone through anything like this before, it wasn't really spelled out word for word for word. It was kind of like in the in the spirit of the Constitution, if you will. Well, the activist judges in Harrisburg, those activist Supreme Court justices, didn't see it that way. And they allowed the activism to continue. So the legislators are going to have to write the activism out by writing in to the Constitution something that it can't be missed the next time. The governor cannot do this ever again in the state of Pennsylvania. The Republicans will seek to it if you elect a Republican. So I would encourage everybody out there to get on out there and vote, okay, and do your do your thing and vote because, quite honestly, the country is at stake. And, you know, folks, I mean, honestly, I, I, I just want to, I want to encourage everybody here because we're all being pressed down a lot by these fake polls that come out and the fake information and the hype that comes out, the questions that aren't asked by the journalists, the fake journalists, the questions that they don't ask, the pictures they don't put up on their newscast, the stories they don't tell. The truth that is replaced with a lie and a narrative by the Pravda propaganda. Folks, we're all pressed in 
from this on every side. We're all pressed in on this on every side. And it's a constant thing. We see it all the time. And I don't want to miss that. But I want to encourage everybody because what we're seeing here with Trump and with the Republican Party, we're seeing a stronger, we're seeing a stronger and a more uh, pliable and I think a, a, a better future for this country because that's where we're going. I think Trump's going to win in a landslide, and I want to encourage everybody here. The evidence of that is what we see in the streets when we're out there door-to-door, deployed door-to-door in our communities, as well as on the street corners holding up Trump signs. The, the excitement, the enthusiasm is real, folks. We see Trump fever. And I encourage everyone out there within, within listening distance of my voice to catch it. All right, well, folks, we're out of time. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate your tuning in to this message this morning in our listening audience. We appreciate it. Some of our listening audience picks us up in the local area uh, while during live, and others pick us up on the podcasts that are immediately replaced by our expert producers after the show is aired. Uh, some listen to us live on YouTube by clicking Listen Live, and others listen to us live on the internet by going to 1180wfyl.com and clicking listen live there. There's a lot of a lot of ways to listen to us every Saturday, and many of you do listen to us. We appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.